Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. The first ever Woody Durham Award winner, this year's Chris Schenkel Award winner, uh, in his 50th and not last season with Indiana, and as Penn State Athletic Director Pat Kraft says to me, Don Fisher is the greatest. Well, he's right. Don, welcome. <laughs> well, Pat's a little non-objective about that. You realize that, of course. <laughs> oh, I do, but still. I mean, I've already heard it did for... You, did, for you, did you start crying at that point? <laughs> uh, uh, no, you don't usually bring me to tears, Don. No. <laughs> <laughs> I know how I can bring you to tears. Oh, I Remember know you Chris can. Reynolds? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me for a moment. I'm starting to choke up just a bit. <laughs> sure, it was it was just a little tug of the jersey. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't noticeable. It wasn't noticeable. It wasn't noticeable, at least two of them. <laughs> exactly right. Oh, exactly God. right. Yes, Don, Don and I are two of the survivors of that night. And, and all the other one's Tim Brando, by the way, uh, in Rec Hall. Um, <laughs> That's right. I had so many fans. Like, this happened for like 10 years. It's the greatest game I ever went to. I said, what do you think? And I said, they lost. What do you <laughs> I said no. <laughs> I, said, I said, "Here, here's Don's number. Call him and ask him." He said, "No." <laughs> no, I think Indiana did win that game. I do think they did win that game. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! I'll say this in the second overtime: Penn State's up, and then Indiana hit a gear, and Damon Bailey played great. So, yeah. Uh, all right. Enough of that. I'm starting to shake. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I, I know who's going to shake next. I know. Because we're going to talk about football. Yeah, and you know what? What people may not realize is Illinois has one loss, and it's Indiana that inflicted the loss. And to you, it must feel like it was like a year ago because it was right back at the beginning. Uh, yeah. What, you know, what has changed from the team that started out with three straight wins, including Illinois, if anything? Well, not much. Um, and, and the truth of the matter is, Illinois should have won that game. Um, and, and, and they did not, in my opinion, because they screwed up. They screwed mm-hmm. up at the end because they, on the last drive of the ball game, Indiana had less than two minutes left in the contest. They were down, uh, obviously, and they had to score a touchdown to win the ball game. And Illinois went into a pre-vet defense. Indiana went 70, I think, 79 yards and scored the touchdown with a few seconds left on the clock to win the contest. And that pre-vet defense allowed D.J. Matthews to get out by probably, he had like four catches on the drive. Yeah. And I guarantee you there were three of those catches that nobody was within 10 yards of him. Yeah. And how they could not be on that guy is beyond me. But they gave that, they gave the game to Indy. Indiana because Connor Bay's like he, he knew he he could throw wherever he wanted to throw it. There wasn't going to be anybody but an Indiana player there. It was amazing. That normally helps. I mean, I'm not as experienced as you, <laughs> but I think that normally helps. <laughs> yeah, I think it does. There's no question about it. So mm-hmm. I'm sure they're I'm, I'm sure they're still lamenting uh, that decision to play a prevent type defense in that situation because obviously had they 
just played their normal defense, they probably would have won the game. What have you thought of the tempo part of it? Because Indiana is averaging about 18 seconds of play, and the FBS number is about 26 of play. What have you thought of that? Well, I thought about it early. I thought it was pretty good. I thought it helped Indiana. It hasn't helped them since. And I say that, in the, I say that number one, because if you're not moving the ball, if you're going one, two, three, and out, you're just putting your defense back in the field consistently. And that's what's happened since then, even though they were able to win the next two ball games after yeah. that. Um, and, and this team probably should have won the fourth one um, because Cincinnati was there to be had. Yeah. And Indiana didn't. They blew it in that contest. And ever since then, it's been downhill. It's been a downhill struggle for this football team. Um, you know, the truth of the matter is at this point, Indiana's offense has, has struggled mightily throughout the year. And even though they had those three comeback wins to start the season, they were all comeback wins. It wasn't like Indiana did anything to dominate the offensive side of the football uh, at that point. And they haven't really – they played they, – they obviously against Rutgers this past – or two weeks ago or a week and a half ago now – um, against Rutgers, they got off to their best start of the season. Yeah, 14-0. And it was midway through – yep, it was 14 nothing midway through the first quarter, and the offense went stale the rest of the ball game. I think there was one drive in the second period in which they were going extremely well down the field, and their best receiver on this football team, Cam Camper, got hurt, and he's out for the year with an ACL. And that, of course, has spelled the doom for this football team so far. And with him out – where does the focus now go to in that wide receiver core? I know you mentioned Matthews, so he's obviously one. Well, he is probably the guy it should go to because he's been hurt too. He's yeah. been hurt for the last several weeks. Yeah. Um, he came back two weeks ago, didn't look like his, himself. He came, He played last week against Rutgers and still didn't look like he was much of a factor. Hopefully with the bye week that's in between now, that's given him more time to get ready, and maybe he will be the player that we anticipate that he can be because we've seen it before. But, again, last year he got hurt the same way, and he was out for the rest of the season after, yeah. Western, after the Western Kentucky game. So we still haven't seen D.J. Matthews with the exception of maybe three or four games in his two years at Indiana where he has been much of a factor. But he would be the guy that would probably take over the role that Cam Camper had if, in fact, he can do it. Right. What kind of jump has the freshman Jalen Lucas added in the running game? Well, he's helped. Um, there's no question. If, if My feeling on Jalen Lucas is he's not a big kid. He's 5'9", probably right. weighs about a buck eighty five, and probably needs to be one of those guys that you just try to get him the ball in space. Mm-hmm. If you get him the ball in space, he can dramatically affect a football game. He's already last week, of course, he ran back a, a kickoff for a touchdown, ninety-three yards out. Um, he, he's dynamic when he has the ball in space. When he doesn't, so far at this point, he's still not strong enough. He's a true freshman. Um, he, he, you know, he just can't pound it in there like some of the other backs sure. can. Obviously, the Henderson kid's been probably pretty good, at the best at that. The Shivers guy, kid from Auburn. You know, he looked like he was going to be a real factor in fall camp. I thought he really would be because he'd love to take it up inside and banged into our defensive guys and, and still made yards happen. He hasn't done that since uh, since uh, fall practices because 
he got absolutely lit up the first time he touched the football against Illinois, and I don't think he's been the same player since. Right. Um, he still he's a he's a tough kid, but he just hasn't run with the same kind of authority since that time. And he's had a couple of breakaways, and and he's very quick and athletic too. But honestly, the run game has just been a big problem because the offensive line has not shown themselves again this year. Yeah, it sounds like Josiah Sears is going to get a start at the tackle, it sounds like. Um, what have you thought of Connor Bazelik running this? I know that Tom has said you know everything's open, but I'll at least ask you about the veteran. I, I like him. I like Connor a lot. Number one, I like him because he's just tougher than nails. He is really a tough kid, and yeah. he's had to be with yeah. that offensive line because they haven't protected him worth a nickel. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure that he is, his mindset has uh, has gone from being just a tough guy to I need to move <laughs> yeah. and get out of the way because mm-hmm. he's been hit so many times. But but I, I do think he's a good kid, a good quarterback. Uh, if he's got the time to throw the football, he can get it where it needs to go. But I do think that Tom Allen has evaluated everything since it, during this bye week period and uh, he has made no commitment that Connor will be the starting quarterback on Saturday against Penn State. If he's not, who will it be? Because Jack, Jack Tuttle has already announced that he's in the transfer portal. That's right. He is still on the team. Yep. He, uh, Tom has kept him as a captain, and uh, he is probably listed as the number two guy. But my question is, you've got a kid sitting in the wings named Dexter Williams who yep. is a run and th- uh, throw guy. He can do both. He's got a really good arm. He was touted as probably the player who made the most improvement on the football team at the end of fall practice sessions from a year ago to now. He had to deal with an injury last year. Mm -hmm. It looks like he's 100% healthy. I would love to see him, if if they have to go to make a change here to try to shake things up, I'd love to see him be the guy. I just don't know whether he will or not. Right. Defensively, on paper, Many thought the Indiana secondary would be one of the better ones in the Big Ten. It doesn't seem like it's played out that way. Is that accurate? That's accurate. Um, I And I don't know why. We have not been as aggressive, in my opinion, as we were a couple of years ago when we ran blitzes almost every play and, and disrupted the quarterbacks and the opposing teams, not because our, our front four was able to do much, but we with all the blitzing that we did, it shook the other teams up. I mean, uh, the Ohio State game a couple of years ago uh, was a perfect example. Uh, Justin Fields, he had no clue what was going to happen in that ball game, and he struggled until they got the game in, in hand uh, in the fourth quarter. But, but we haven't played that way, and we haven't played that way for two years now. I, I don't quite understand that aspect of it. I think Tom is a terrific defensive guy. I agree. And knows he's a terrific coordinator. Yep. I mean, he really was. But we, and even though he's taken over the play calling this year, it's, it's not worked. It's just not been the same. And I, I'm not quite sure what the answer there is. I know Taiwan Mullen came off of an injury last year that – he hasn't been the same guy, and I know he's a great kid yeah. and really a good football player. Yes, he is. But he hasn't played the same way. And Jalen Williams has had a good year, but not a great year. Uh, he was the other guy in the defensive corner position that has been really solid throughout his career. And uh, the rest of the, I think a big problem with this football team right now is the tempo because they go so fast that one, two, three, and out keeps the defense out there way too long. 
And honestly, I think they wear out. Second half, we're just not the same defense. 24 minutes a game of possession for Indiana, 36 for the opponent. At least the average is through uh, eight games so far. Uh, yeah, and you got to remember we had the ball a lot against Idaho. Yeah, true. <laughs> That's true. What has the Cam Jones injury meant? I know Casey's played well, so I'm not taking anything away from him. But yeah. to me, Cam's an exceptional player. So what's that meant? Well, it's meant a lot because he is the leader of this defense. And and him being out, yeah, you're still a verbal or a vocal leader on the sidelines and all that kind of stuff. And he's he's embraced that role as best he can. But his absence has meant a lot to this football team because Aaron Casey is now playing his spot mm-hmm. before he was alongside Cam. And so he's playing a different role. Uh, it, it shoves a couple of guys in there. Uh, Brandon Jennings or Bradley Jennings uh, is a kid that, uh, was transferred in, and, and Jared Casey's another. Both those guys have played quite a bit, and they're solid, but they're not Cam Jones. Right. And so your best defensive football player on this team has been out now for four weeks, hasn't played since the Nebraska ball game, and this team has struggled mightily. Uh, so what's the perception of the program around Bloomington right now? I mean, because Tom obviously two years had it going. There was a lot of excitement. I remember listening to your bowl game. Uh, and but what, you know what's the perception of it right now, especially with the the job like for example, Mike Woodson seems to be doing with the basketball side of it. Well, obviously we're no we're not in the same ballpark as the basketball right, program exactly. But and I think most people uh, really revere Tom as a great person. I think they think he's a really good coach in many respects. I just don't know. I, I you know. You get out there in the public, and people are going, eh, it's basketball season. You know, yeah, but you're that right. kind of stuff. And yep. it, it, it has happened a lot over the years. I've been here 50, so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've seen it happen many times here. It's just not the same as it was during the Bill Mallory era. Even when Bill Mallory's teams weren't great, mm-hmm. there was always a feeling that they were going to bust their gut for that coach and for that team and for the program. And they were going to get better as the team, as the as a team, and as a unit. And the players would get better through development. Those kinds of things. Have we seen that with this program? Uh, I I honestly don't think we have. And I think the development aspect of it is such a critical thing in Indiana because we don't get the four and the five star guys. You know, we got a right. few, but we don't get many. And because of that, you've got to coach kids up, and you've got to develop them. On this particular staff, they have five new coaches, now six, because they fired the offensive line coach a couple of weeks back. Yep. And Rod Carey takes over. And I think Rod Carey, if he'd have had this, this offensive line from, the, from spring practice on, I think this would be a different offensive line because I, I think that guy's a great coach. But I agree. Rod Carey took over. And he, was, he was actually just here learning. After he left Temple, uh, Tom, Tom coached him and asked him to just be a quality control coach if he wanted to. He wanted to see his, his own son play football at the high school level. And so he came here for that very reason, so he could do that on Friday nights. But now he's back coaching uh, the offensive line again, which I don't think he wanted to take the job, and he cleared it with his wife and his son. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't think he really wants the job because he wants to see his kid play, and I don't blame him. Yeah. You know, I don't blame him a bit, and uh, – at this juncture, he has the offensive line, and I think he made a little bit of a difference the first week. The second week, you didn't see it as much. I don't know if he can do the job with this offensive line. I don't know if the talent's good enough, but I do think that he, if he would have had that program 
or had our program at the offensive line position from the beginning of last spring uh, up to this point, we would be a different football team. Right. I agree with him. Uh, from us to you, congratulations on a well-deserved Chris Schenkel Award. I know you're humble about it, but you earned it. Uh, and it doesn't matter about longevity. You would have earned it if you'd had it. It, it, it been 10, 15 years. Okay, but congratulations. <laughs> well, quite nice for you to say, Steve. I really appreciate it. But uh, you know, honestly, you, you're you're a part of a team, no matter who you're, what, what no, you're doing in this life. No doubt. And uh, and there's, no, I've had a lot of great people around me. Buck Sewer, of course, who retired at the end of last mm-hmm. season as my analyst in football was just the best ever. I mean, yep. he was so good. And uh, Jack, we got lo- Jack, Lewis. Jack loves Buck. Loves him. Yeah, well, absolutely he loves him. Because yeah. <laughs> if you don't love Buck, sir, you yeah. don't like football. It's, yeah, you don't like people. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and Buck was so much fun to work with. And I got a really good young guy now. Rhett Kleinschmidt is his real name, but he goes by Rhett Lewis. Yeah. He's on the NFL Network. He flies in from Los Angeles every week to wherever we're yeah. at or here at in Bloomington to just to do the games. He is a former IU graduate and wanted to be the new color analyst when Buck hung it up. And we hired him because he's really good. Yeah. So we've got another really good one. So I've been very fortunate to have some of the best color analysts in the business at both football and basketball. That's a big part of why we've had success. Always a pleasure, my friend. I'm really looking forward to seeing you on Saturday. Steve, it was great listening to all those comments in regard to all the stuff that happened to your uh, what uh, this time of the year or this, <laughs> this, this day, day in sports in history. Or, yeah, the day <laughs> in sports history. Uh, you know, the eighteen ninety two comment. I could live. I'd live that. You know, that. <laughs> I said. I said I was there. I mean, that the running joke that he and I have when we do a basketball game is that he's in his. Now we can use the different numbers. He's in his fiftieth. I'm in my forty first. I'm the baby of the group. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you know what? Everybody's the baby of the group when it comes to me. So I get it. Yeah, and guess what? We all look up to you. So all of us do with deep, with deep respect. Thank you. Don't set the bar high, boys. I'm glad of that. Uh, <laughs> that's always been my standard. <laughs> Donnie, you're the best. As Pat Kraft says. Don Fisher, he's the greatest. <laughs> you tell Pat I said hello. I, I get a chance to see him this weekend. You bet. Thanks, Don. You bet. <laughs> say it to me.